Okay, welcome to the Sports for Champions podcast. My name is Jordan, I'm gonna be the host. As you can see, we've got a brand new setup. So we've got new shiny camera, we've got lighting that hopefully is not blinding you. Uh, and then we also have you, which is kind of like the main feature, the main event of the day. So I'm joined by James Bunting, who is a team sprint cyclist for Team GB. Uh, and he's also under 23 European champion. So uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. So uh, I'm originally from Sheffield, that's my, my hometown. Uh, and I've recently moved to Manchester to be part of the, the GB squad. And that was a couple of years ago now. Um, and yeah, this year picked up a European title. And yeah, I've been cycling for quite a number of years. And the main sort of focus for me is uh, the next Olympics will be Paris. So Paris, obviously on the agenda, and as you mentioned, you've been cycling since around 2012, was it? 20? Yeah, just after the London Games. So just after the London Games, so that kind of inspired you to kind of yeah. want to do something similar. So obviously you identified like heroes, and from there, now you want to become the hero. Yeah, yeah hopefully. So coming to like Paris 2024, it's 2024, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so obviously I'm getting confused because you've got the, the Winter Olympics in 2022. The Olympics has just been as well. Yeah. So there's a lot going on, kind of in the athlete world at the moment. Yeah. So kind of, have you got a timeline or like a schedule of like things you need to do to get to that point to be good enough for 2024? Yeah, so there's, ever since I got on the programme, there's always been a trajectory of times we need to hit and performances uh, we need to do to sort of put us in that uh, that team. So we've coming up to sort of the start of 2022, there'll be like Nations Cups and, and uh, more high profile races where we'll sort of run like a team selection and see how it goes and then we'll train on that and uh, and work on the times we hit there yeah. and that'll sort of since co obviously we haven't raced much during covid so it's been quite hard to sort of obviously we've had a few races towards the end of the year that's been crammed in but it's been, <laughs> yeah. it's been quite hard to sort of see where everyone's at I was going to say, with everything starting to like normalise now yeah. obviously as you say they've crammed everything because they know now is like the best chance to get everyone together and yeah. that's always the difficulty with something like a pandemic like covid is that you might have one person that's not very well and because that that kind of especially in a team oriented sport yeah. it's really difficult to get everyone together feeling healthy fit and they're obviously like living in different places hence you moving to manchester you said wasn't yeah, it yeah. so now that you're all kind of in a similar area is it going to be a lot easier to train to kind oh, of massively yeah yeah and you train quite a lot you you were just telling me obviously you do all weekend pretty much as part of your current regime yeah yeah so obviously with like competitions uh, and in the run-up to 2024 how important are those? How much like weight is there on, on you to do well in those? Uh, or are they more kind of just to see if you're in the right kind of so space? There is quite a bit of quite a bit riding on the competitions coming up through obviously selections because selections of the games get uh, they get picked quite they don't get picked the week before they they pick quite an extensive way out from yeah. from the Olympics. So we need to be we sort of really need to be up there as soon as we can basically right uh, but so. a lot of the pressure is sort of like internal pressure that i'll put on myself obviously the coaches want you to do well the team wants you to do well but there's no pressure like the pressure you put on yourself i was gonna say internal pressure though you can kind of like read that in one of two ways either you see it as highly competitive driven person which is exactly what you need for the kind of sport that you're doing because obviously it's high intensity it's fast, but at the same time, sometimes that 
that kind of pressure can be debilitating. Yeah. So it depends on how well you're able to like cope with that pressure. And I'd assume obviously, cause you're still quite young. So I'm sure you you've got a lot to learn, yeah. but at the same time, I'd imagine to be where you are already, you must have some kind of coping mechanisms to deal with that kind of pressure. Yeah. There's music is, especially on race day is a you're big not, one. You're not the first person to say that. It seems to be like a general like correlation between most of the athletes that we've had in speak to. And they, they all have that same thing, music. It just kind of calming, I suppose. Yeah. What kind what kind of music would you listen to? Uh like pre race. It sort of depends. When when I'm sort of warming up, I'll listen to something that'll get me a bit more hyped. Yeah. Uh whether it be like rock music or rap music. There's no there's no yeah. there's, there's no genre specific. that all yeah. that'll like I like all types of music. Yeah. But what when I was a junior I actually found Elton John. Oh yeah! Right before the race, a real good, just a real good motivator. It, just, it was just chilling out. Yeah, it's weird. I, I don't suppose you ever saw like you know when Tyson Fury fought Deontay Wilder for the second yeah. time, um, and he put a Patsy Cline song on, which is like a '60s song. Yeah. It's very kind of mental health oriented, and I think it's called Crazy. Right, uh, and it's just it didn't fit with the tone of the fight. And obviously you see Deontay Wilder walking out to like some like all guns blazing song. Yeah. Yet Tyson Fury listens to this song that's very like intimidating because it's just so out of sync and context with the event. Yeah. So I suppose like Elton John probably does the same, like in the same yeah, way. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's... If it works for you though, that's kind of, there's nothing wrong with that at all. In the same way that like Michael Phelps, you'd always, I don't know if you've ever seen that like meme of him, where he sat like he's got a hood on right before yeah, he's about to compete, so, yeah. obviously, and he's just like his face is like thunder. He looks like he's, well, I can't, I don't know if I'd say, but he looks like he's about to like throttle someone. Yeah. Uh, but but that kind of anger kind of pushed him, and he used to like credit a lot of his success. I mean, he had like twenty three gold medals or whatever, and he credited like most of those to listening to music in the run up and having that adrenaline built up. So, yeah. as a lot of other people prefer kind of calm, don't they? Yeah, like I, I would, I would opt for music as well. So, um, yeah, I've so I've got a bunch of questions. Obviously, it's going to be very free reign. So we're, we'll ask some questions. We'll have a little chit chat as well. Uh, I've got sports specific questions, um, personal questions. Not when I say yeah. personal, not like delving deep into your like family history and stuff. Uh, I've got some fun random questions and then some like sports psychology questions. So the first one that I've got is, what informed your decision to become a track cyclist? as opposed to a road cyclist? And is there any crossover? Do you do a bit of both or? Uh, see, when I was when I was a youth, that was the sort of telling point where, when I was gonna change to, cause I did everything when I was, when I was real quite young. Yeah. Just because we had to. Um, so when I first started, I was on the sort of, uh, it was called the ODA then, which was the Olympic Development Apprentice. Um, so that's right. when I was like 15, 16. How did, what made you think to get on that program? Was that something your parents encouraged? Or no, was that something that you'd always just, because most children at that, like I say children, but most people at that kind of age wouldn't really think to go out of their way. When I got to the bunch sprint, yeah, I'd be like bike wheels in front of people. Right, gotcha, um, yeah. So that was a sort of telling sign. And then I did a few different bits on the track and I just sort of, I took to that quite, quite well. Compared, a bit more natural to, than yeah. the longer the longer racing. 
I was gonna say like in terms of like my own personal experience of like sport I've always found that activities that are like more explosive yeah. like fit me a lot better as well like I've started commuting to work and like completely different obviously I'm not comparing at all uh, it's like apples oranges but but when I like cycle I'll find that endurance wise or like long distance I feel like people just tend to have better technique yeah and then as soon as it comes to like a sprint I used because my dad's a keen cyclist and like uh, obviously like in Wales like hills tons of everything and like in terms of like the sprinting I'd always find that like I'd be able to maintain that kind of like power and stamina yeah and i just like destroy him on those hills yeah <laughs> granted he is my dad and he's quite a bit older so that's not really a claim to fame but yeah like yeah. you say some things just come a little bit more natural to yourself so sprinting obviously for you which is pretty awesome but also probably quite terrifying because it's split second yeah. and like make or break right yeah yeah definitely because you were saying you you started training on was it like your stop starts or i don't know what you call yeah, it standing starts standing starts and yeah. is that literally standing from like the block when well you... yeah so you, depending on what position you're at if you if you ride p1 that starts the team sprint you'd be in a start gate right gotcha. uh, whereas if you ride p2 and p3 yeah uh, you're held held up by a coach right so, so they'll hold under the saddle and sort of support you with their leg uh, and a bit of its balance as well. How how long do they do that for? How long have they stood there holding for the duration of the other person going around before? No, you? no. So we all set off at the same time. Ah. Uh, okay. Like on race day, the the countdown will be from sixty seconds. I see. And then obviously, yeah. when it gets to when the countdown stops, we all um, accelerate yeah. off and sort of fall into formation. Like, what's the most difficult portion, like, obviously, of the sprint? Because how long would you say it takes you generally? Is it to get around the yeah, track well, once, is it? Well, no, we... So, because there's three riders, we do three, three laps, laps, so... It? Yeah, okay. We so, all do a lap each, and they pull off from the front. And what's, like, the average time to kind of, would you so, say... We do it in about 43, 44 seconds. Right. And I, I'm sure, like, the record... If oh, the I world record's, it, like, 41-something. Is it 41? 41.8, I think. Which, when you compare that to 43, a lot of people will think, oh, that's not particularly significant. Yeah. But, like, you know, you think of any times this type of sprinting and, like, two, you know, shading two seconds is, like, a big, big deal, isn't yeah. it? Especially... We're over 750 meter two seconds is that's, that's a pretty big chunk that's yeah that's a lot to kind of yeah. so i'd imagine that would like require you to have like the perfect start yeah for all of you so if you're all like so there are two teams are there have i read that right because i read yeah. that one team starts on one side and the other team yes yeah, so it's like a head-to-head got it that's um, cool so depending you cross of, paths you shouldn't do not yeah not, not okay. over three laps yeah. someone would have to go wrong for, for you to get caught oh, the speeds were going okay so if you were caught then clearly you're never making the team again yeah pretty much <laughs> right gotcha but do you get any like indication because like one of the questions I've got here is like do you get an indication of how the other team is doing or is it because you're so head down kind of yes yeah, I think when the race is that sort of short you can't you've just got to think about you and your yeah. team because as soon as you sort of try and think what the others are doing you, you're, you're not you're gonna give on time away yeah you're wasting time and you're wasting energy as well by doing that aren't you yeah it's just trying to get to a to from a to b to as quick as you can yeah because recently as well we had a, a tandem paralympic cyclist called uh james ball as yeah, well yeah. Was in. i was like is it a common thing to be called no, james we, we train together at the, in the gym do you yeah, yeah. ah he's awesome he's yeah. from wales as well isn't he so so like we had that in common um obviously i'm not from sheffield but i kind of wish i was sean, sean bean is right 
Is it Sean uh, Bean? I'm not. I'm not. I'm really not sure. Yeah, like who the hell is Sean Bean? <laughs> uh, again, that's me showing my age. But yeah, James Ball came in, and we had like a really cool talk about kind of a similar kind of deal. And he was saying that whenever he's in a race, it's you're just so focused. Yeah. You're just so in the zone. Because I asked him whether he gets a chance to speak to his partner. Um, I think it was his partner Lawrence or Lewis. Uh, yeah, Lewis. Stewart. Lewis, isn't it? Yeah. So I was asking whether he gets a chance to actually like communicate with him, and he was saying. Kind of, but you don't it's really like hear what answers. Yeah, most of the kind of like talking is done in the preparation phase before you go out there. So yeah. it's pretty epic, though. So um, so obviously you mentioned roles is a big thing, and it, like the race depends on what role you're participating in. Yeah. So like, what role would you say that you generally take up? See, when I was a when I was a junior, I was always the starter. Right. And then turning senior just due to who was in the team. Yeah. I then went into P3, so I was finishing it. So it's like... I was going to say, if you're in the third place, was it something to do with... Where did I read it? It's something to do with, like, um, the time trial or something. If you've, like, people that are generally better at time trials... Yeah, the people with more sort of length within their racing capability go in the... In that spot. That spot. Right. Is it because it's more, like, tailored towards endurance or yeah kind of... well it's just you build up such a sort of like lactic from it it's just yeah people get tired from yeah, that. yeah and is that when like you generally go the hardest like in yeah the like because you're just trying to win at that point right yeah. yeah there's no pain like finishing a team sprint in three yeah because you, you're flat out for like 44 seconds like there's no let up in it it's when just... you get to the end do you just like keep doing a couple of laps just to kind of help with your legs uh... or well, usually you can't. <laughs> you just slam your brakes on fire with the handlebars. There's another heat after you, so you need to be off the track within like a lap or two. Oh, so people. So you're getting of... off the track. You, yeah. You like helpers, your mechanics, your coaches unstrap your feet. Yeah. And help you uh, walk down the ramp. Because when I cycle to work, I get off the bike and my legs are like the the, the muscles. You know yeah. your quads. Yeah. Why do I should know that? Your quads are just like burning and you're like you're walking heavy and it yeah, feels like a leg well it is a leg workout isn't it even more so when you're sprinting for sure yeah straight to the bin though as soon as you've uh, yeah just do you like what what kind of procedures do you take after do you like ice or uh, I lay there for a bit and <laughs> wallow in your own self yeah knowing about how much my legs hurt yeah and then I uh, it's like a passage of rights if you're in that yeah. sport it's like everyone just sits next to each other like your legs hurting too. Yeah. So really epic. and then try and spin the legs out as quick as you can. So you've got you'll have another do round. Do you have like massage guns or anything? Do you kind of I don't what's tend not to use them. On, yeah, we tend not to use them on race day. Yeah. Sort of spin your legs out and because you have a you'll have another round. When you say spin up. your legs, is that something you do on the bike? Yeah, yeah. So we'll jump on like oh. either rollers or a turbo trainer. I see, and you'll literally just kind of turn over in a little gear. Yeah, because I was going to say that will like help kind of yeah, get the blood everything. pumping a little bit more and obviously yeah. like the lactic acid that's going to be an issue otherwise isn't it um, so obviously we've talked a little bit of kind of about you coming into the sport so kind of like now that you're like fully ingrained in the sport and obviously it's more focused on teams do, do you still do like individual racing yeah so or? the individual is still a big sort of part of the cycling team but yeah prestigiously Team sprint is the that's the main one you want to come out on top right, in, which is I where see. a lot of the focus goes. 
are they a lot of them like qualifiers like time trial qualifiers i read up about because obviously i've looked at like the kieran yeah the kilometer time trial the sprint the team sprint yeah so the so normally like when you do a team sprint you'll there might be i don't know 12 to 16 teams entered depending what sort yeah. of event it is right and uh top eight qualify Oh, okay, yeah. So, obviously, and then you're obviously ranked in quickest qualifier, slowest qualifier, and then fastest goes against slowest. Oh, so it's a bit kind of like with like football, obviously, when you come top of your group, you generally tend to go against someone that's in the lower portion yeah, that, of the other I, group. Yeah, I don't know why, that's just how it, that, I guess, the privilege of qualifying first. about that, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I mean, you've worked hard enough to get first, then you deserve to... Yeah. I mean, I suppose you don't not see them as competition, because they're still going to be very yeah. fast and very good athletes. But obviously, in the back of your mind, does that does uh, that help? Does uh, that confidence boost? Yeah, it's such a relief, especially there's been occasions where we've been, like, it's the second round of the team sprint competition and we've got somebody, like, over half a, half a second slower. Oh, it's so, like, you yeah. can afford to, like, even switch somebody in and out of the team. Right, yeah. So you just, just save legs, of, yeah. Yeah. How many people are on your team, then, if it's three people actually so, race? So at a, a race for the team sprint four people will be on the start list right um and then you, you're always got to take a reserve Just if you, if you only somebody, take three people someone gets injured and someone pulls the hamstring and can't ride the whole team misses i was about to ask would you say like hamstring is probably one of the like major probably. injuries it's gonna say it's gonna be mostly your legs isn't yeah, it yeah. maybe your back i'd yeah, imagine yeah there is quite a few uh, back injuries it can go around yeah kind of like upper back or like lower lower, lower i don't yeah you'd imagine because obviously I don't know, like, how are you positioned on the bike? Do you kind of, like, because obviously I've got a question asked about, like, the handlebars, the actual yeah. frame of the bike. Because James Ball mentioned, obviously, the tandem bike is a little bit, not significant, but yeah. compared to what I'd imagine you'll be cycling on, it's probably a reasonable bit heavier. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, like, what kind of, like, frame or shell? I don't know, what, do you call it a frame or a shell? Uh, frame. frame okay cool frame. I, mean, I want to get like technical so i sound yeah, like yeah. i have a, like a good understand my dad would probably be like if he was watching right now let a fly <laughs> on the wall he'd be like you're saying everything wrong but do you have just like you won't have regular handlebars you'll have the ones over i'm imagining yeah the full sort of carbon like, yeah integrated so they're all they all fit inside everything so it's as aero as it can be and do you, so it's like aerodynamic so you obviously yeah. like i'd imagine like the gear that you're wearing is very like aerodynamic yeah. and quite tight fitting obviously to avoid uncomfortably tight is it really yeah, yeah. yeah. so is it kind of like a borat mankini <laughs> nice. it's not as bad as that okay that's good i was gonna say that'll be a lot of pressure yeah um but yeah obviously like with like the seating arrangements do you kind of like lean right down do you all have to have a set position that you like take yeah the the positions are uncomfy yeah but we're in them for such short periods of time you just you train to sort of withstand that. Yeah, because what what I found like when I do my bit of like if I'm sat up on the bike, it's quite a comfortable ride. Yeah, yeah. When I'm lower down on it, you feel it way more in your legs, but at the same time, you feel like you've got a lot more power and control. Yeah. Which I'd imagine is what exactly what you want for sprinting, isn't it? So, so like the dynamics of it yeah. kind of makes more sense to be like lower and just. As, as tucked in as you can, sort of your elbows tucked in, and how do you manage to keep like your vision? How do you see things, or do you not? You don't. So you just know like the you trust layout. Your, trust your teammates, and yeah. you know where where they're going to be changing, where you need to go. 
And are you in the you're in like the same lane essentially? Yeah, yeah. Like one one right behind each other, right on the wheel, right behind. I always find that insi- insane because like when I watch like the Tour de France even, and you see the pelotons, and you see everyone's like tucked in, but the, the wheels are like so close. Yeah, millimeters. How do you maintain that without kind of a, a small blip in your radar and just do you does that happen? Nah, it's Never. so autonomous. Like you just we just do it so often. You don't we don't think about it's it. It's just like second nature to you. Yeah. yeah just... And was it like that always? Like the moment you started, did you ever feel like, oh god, I've got to keep my distance a bit? Or when I first started, maybe. But we do it so often, and we ride with the same guys so often. You just it just becomes like natural. Yeah. It's pretty epic to be able to kind of like you're like riding the wave sort of thing in a way yeah, aren't yeah. you and you're just you're all in synchronicity which i know a lot of people would say kind of individual sports you've got more control but but it must be something to like celebrate and something pretty special about all of you achieving something together yeah that, that's nice like you know that not one of you was good all three of you have accomplished something yeah. that is pretty insane when you think about it to be honest you mentioned obviously you're from Sheffield originally. I yeah. don't know how long you lived. I'd imagine most of your life. Yeah, all my life up until eighteen. Right. Okay. It's your experience of like having lived. I've been to Sheffield a couple of times, and like the thing that struck me, and a lot of people mention it as well, is the amount of hills that you have in Sheffield. So has that like played any role, kind of, in your choice to become not to become a cyclist, but do you feel like it's helped you in any capacity? Yeah, definitely. When. When I was doing like the road, the road race, and like, yeah, I was just doing everything, yeah, massively because it helped me build the endurance. It helped me build the sort of strength and power. I did a lot of training on the roads. Yeah. Um. How confident were you on like the roads? Like, always quite comfortable. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah. I mean, when I first started, I was a bit shaky and a bit wobbly. Yeah. Like everyone. Are but... you one of these people that can sit up on your bike without your hands and everything? Yeah. yeah. I do that around the track. How do I do... you do that? Because I, I I keep trying to do it. I just can't manage away. It's just... I just wanna, like, Is it pra- confidence? Yeah, it's just practice. and co- As long as you don't do it where, it's not, where there's not massive crosswinds. Because you don't want to uh, take your hands off and get blown off. Maybe that's the issue I'm having. Is that whenever I commute into work, because it's so windy. If, yeah, I wouldn't do it when it's windy. Right, so you want to do it on quite like a still day. Still day. day. Yeah, on a quiet sense. road in case you start swerving a little do you bit. Like, do you like have to have good posture for it or something? Because I was like... No. No? No, I need to figure this out. Just take like, your hands off and just pedal. See, my dad, whenever I go with him, he's just like comfortably doing it, drinking his water or whatever he's got. And then I'm just there like... <laughs> I have to do everything with one hand. It's really difficult. Yeah. But yeah, so you're, you've always been quite comfortable on the roads anyway. Yeah. So that transition like was quite seamless-ish. But like obviously you're going from somewhere that's like very hilly and obviously... Like, I notice it whenever I jump on a treadmill as opposed to kind of running outdoors. You run yeah. out, or when you go from, uh, yeah, so a treadmill, like, I don't really put the incline up. I'll just have the set pace. Yeah. And I find, oh, God, this is quite easy. Like, it's boring for me. But then I'll go outdoors, and then suddenly, like, I'll lose all my oxygen. I'll have to start running up hills. I'll be getting stitches. So do you find that switching from the hills of Sheffield cycling to kind of then going on a track, it's not a hill, but it's like a different... Like, do you feel that kind of... Like, it looks sideways, you feel up, You just feel upright. Do you, You don't yeah? feel like you're on a tilt. Maybe when, you f- maybe when you're full gas on the bottom of the track... Yeah. Like, racing, you probably do feel a bit... It's almost like a bit like G-Force. It, like, throws you around. Yeah, of course. Like, it's a bit of a slingshot sort of effect. But whenever you're riding just normally, you just, just feels like you're But naturally, it isn't flat, though, is it? Like... No, the bank... Yeah, it is actually... The banks fully. are, like... 
40 something degree. It's like a 40 degree incline, which yeah. is pretty steep, really. Yeah, it's, it's, Hence why you've got to start in like with someone either holding or. Yeah, see, in the straights, it flattens out to. You can walk a bit pretty comfortably. It's not that yeah. steep. But obviously, the banks turn quite steep. It's, yeah, it's pretty awesome. But, but you don't really notice kind of like. No, I've done it for so long now, it's just. It's just, yeah, normal. Natural to you. So, kind of, did you like. Were you a part of like cycling clubs growing up? Is that something uh, that kind of helped you get into yes. this? Or? So I, when I first started, I started with something called Cycle Speedway. Right. So I don't know if you know the motor, like motor speedway. It's on like yeah. a dirt track okay. and they sort of like drift around and stuff like that. That's we did like we, we did like a bike, a cycle version yeah. of that. What kind of, do you have like mountain bikes for that? Or? Uh, it's almost like a track bike, but it's, yeah. a, it's not fixed. So you can, pe- you can uh, stop pedaling. You can stop, yeah. And gotcha. it's got sort of little like knobbly tires on it. It's... Uh, so it's, you, it's pretty unique. It's a bit of a yeah. That I was gonna say that sport. It's not like a big thing. I was gonna say because people do like mountain biking where they'll. Yeah. I've got a place near me where people go down like mud tracks and stuff. Yeah, it's, and... it's on like a an oval type track. You do start out of like a on like a start gate. You probably make some insane GoPro footage from those things. Though, yeah, right? yeah. Do you do you do any like recording or do you take your own like uh, do you have a GoPro or anything along those I do lines? A, I do a bit here and there on the track if I'm sort of yeah. if we're doing efforts behind the motorbike I'll put a GoPro on and I was gonna say tell Ross you want to take his yeah. really expensive camera with you I just am. hold it in one I'm sure he'll be fine yeah, right I'm sure he will as well <laughs> he'd be he'd be on the sidelines like so nervous yeah that's wicked though so like having that experience of doing like speedway yeah yeah like it's very technical small gears would very... ross have done something similar do you reckon to, uh, to have got into bmxing i think i think he just went straight into bmx straight into yeah it. just something it's a cool thing to do when you're growing up like yeah. bmx was like all the rage when like, i was growing up as well yeah. it's like one of those things that you see people do and you're like that's sweet it's like when you watch tony hawks growing up yeah and you're like that guy's awesome but also crazy because you're thinking they're probably gonna like snap their neck at any yeah. moment and but i'd imagine like do you feel quite safe you said you feel safe on the track do you have, have you ever had any like accidents crashes oh yeah i've had plenty of crashes and like are they like because obviously you haven't got like padding shoulder pads and yeah, stuff shin pads. The, kit, the kit just like melts does it does it what because it, it's just, so warm it just burns away what obviously the rubber on the yeah we just because yeah. it's obviously it's lycra it's not made of much it's so just thin anyway through it pretty so as much. soon as you hit the wood at, at any speed it just just burns a hole in it do you get like bad muscular damage for, like, I was going to say because if it's quite thin like you'd have thought like, when you land on certain uh, does the, the bike maybe land normally on you, you? you slide a lot you get a lot of splinters oh. and Ooh, friction burns splinters would be rough <laughs> yeah. yeah so you don't you don't get too like bruised it's mainly yeah friction burns i suppose because you're going with the momentum anyway like yeah. you're saying so because you're going in that like kind of straight trajectory it's like you say you're gonna get crazy kind of like friction burns splinters and stuff but yeah. beyond that maybe like a couple of bruises but yeah you'd, you'd be you'd be unlucky to get anything worse than a friction burn. i was gonna say it's probably a good thing that you haven't had more than that like yeah because i injuries i'd imagine that's probably is that ever anything that like weighs on you thinking if mm. i were to get injured this would like throw my career back sort of thing not within training it's more i'm more worried about getting injured when i'm not training from like I, the gym or or even if i'm like if i'm like out with mates or something or, I've, yeah. or i'm on holiday like yeah like just diff- for example if you're like cliff jumping or something like mm-hmm. that yeah. you like like you broke your foot or something because you 
Do you know what I mean? Just yeah. That's the that's the time I most worry about injury. I, have I don't a, worry at all when I'm training. When you're actually in the training, yeah. you're all good. I have a friend that's like a really keen climber and like he does a lot of bouldering generally, like yeah. indoors. And I go with him to that and it's, you jump down, you fall on the pads. Like it's a bit scary jumping from the top yeah. anyway, but you're like, oh, I'm going to be good. Sometimes he wants to go outdoors and do it. And like when he goes, he's got no fear. He hasn't got that kind of like flick is that switch in his mind yeah so like he'll climb up to the top of this boulder and he'll just stand on top of it and i'll get like a third halfway and then i'm like is this worth the risk yeah. and me like i don't i'm not even passionate about this it's something that i'll enjoy doing with him yeah but it's more about being there with your friends yeah so for him he loves it and like it's an adrenaline boost for me i'm just like i'm thinking of the bigger picture yeah so like you're saying when you're out and about with friends sometimes you be a bit more cautious which yeah. is I think that's natural though. I think everyone not not everyone but <laughs> yeah. most people will have that kind of like gauge at least um, so I've asked about the cycling teams oh yeah so obviously team oriented like are you generally really close do you do things outside of the sport with your teammates or uh, yes and no yeah sometimes too much time with people it can turn a bit sort of like sour yeah. at times. Yeah. If you, especially if you like, you see them every day, mm-hmm. then you live with them, yeah, and then you do an extra stuff with them. It's He's talking about you, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can deny that if you want. No, no. <laughs> no Ross is sound. Like, I can't imagine. I can imagine like any friendship event. Sometimes you're like butt heads, right? But no, not with Ross though, because we're on never. Cause we're on awesome. different Because we're on different squads within the team. Yeah. We don't. Other than a bit of stuff in the gym, we don't train together normally. So, so we, just, li- we just live together. Oh, so that's the so best kind of thing. It's you quite get a back, good balance. Yeah, you get back from like the stress of training or whatever sometimes. And you just chill yeah, out, play games and, yeah. and just talk about... That's what that's your time to like vent about the day yeah, yeah. pretty much. So like, are there like set like personality traits? Are there things about teammates that you look for specifically or... Or you see in yourself that you would like other people to also have? Uh... Just the big thing is honesty. If yeah. someone's not doing something right in the team, don't sort of sit on it. You'd rather someone ra- sit on the I'd, fence. I'd rather someone say, instead of hurting my feelings, I'd rather them go, you're doing this terrible. Yeah. And I know how I can fix it, rather than be like, oh, that was all right. I'd rather, like, the honesty within the team, I'd rather it be like there. Be not brutal, yeah, but not, like Not like mean about it, but yeah. just... There's so a way we can to work ta- the team together. Yeah, because you only improve by helping each other, really. Yeah. And, like, if you're lying to somebody and not giving them that kind of credit that they deserve, yeah. then then you're not going to grow because you're just going to be keeping things back from each other. Yeah. I've, I've always found that, like... I don't like it when people are, like, nasty, but, like, I'd rather somebody just tell me straight. I'd be like, listen, I'm cool with you just giving me your honest feedback. Yeah. That'll propel you further. time as well. Yeah, because some people might procrastinate on a thought for weeks and then they let that bubble up until then... It's then, too late to fix it then. And then they'll tell you uh, like two weeks later and you're like, if you just said it at the start, I could have amended it. You know, we yeah. could have done it together yeah, definitely. rather than just wait for a competition or something to happen and then be like, by the way, you're doing this wrong. And you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't you ever mention that? Yeah, I can see that. Like, I'd imagine like on top of like honesty, I'd... You, you probably hope that everyone's, like, determined and Hard training. working, the classic yeah. sort of... So, like, at the gym, what what do you do? What kind of, like, how many hours are you dedicating to the gym? Uh, it, with that, it sort of depends 
how what sort of block we're in. Yeah. Uh, so at the minute we're in a strength block, so we'll have three sort of two-hour session a week where right. it's just yeah. There's obviously no cardio stuff in the gym. It's literally just pure weight squat lifting. after squat and leg press. Do you take a lot lifts. of breaks or do you just? Mm, I never really time. It's sort of a bit yeah. irregular. I might have a couple of minutes after one set, a couple of minutes after another. It depends how I feel. Do you have someone that like? creates kind of like the routine for you yeah, or, yeah. oh so you've got a set of, that's awesome so we've got uh we've got our own sort of snc coach within the squad yeah so that's, that's he, pretty put, cool. he puts the hours in and plans everyone's training yeah i was gonna say do you have like nutritionist or is the nutrition your own kind of yeah yeah we have it? we we sort of we do get nutrition advice but yeah <laughs> they don't cook for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So generally in terms of like nutrition, what kind of meals would you eat? What kind of, what do you consider to be healthy for your sport? Because people talk about foods as if like, these are healthy foods, they're unhealthy foods, but that's it's not as black and white as that. You can eat conceptually unhealthy foods, but it's about the moderation, isn't it? Yeah. So. Yeah, see, we always got told sort of like an 80-20 rule. So 80% of the time, you need to be sort of like spot on with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then you can have like a bit of treat like some treats here and there but as much as i like to sort of go through phases of like black and white cutting everything cutting stuff out so i can get nice and sort of trim for racing Mm -hmm. it's everything in moderation if i want to eat something that's a little bit like fatty i'll eat it because there's no there's no point in making yourself unhappy because that's when you that's when you lose the yeah if you you lose the enjoyment out of it if it's so regimented I think that's a really important message for like children and people yeah definitely people who are just getting into dieting going to the gym doing exercise because there's a lot of like societal pressure on like children to like to eat a certain way and you can't eat this because it's not healthy but at the end of the day the key is just being consistent because whenever i like i like to try and keep generally pretty healthy and like for me i'll eat the set thing you know i'll eat a lot of like chicken and yeah you know broccoli like healthy like rices and stuff but i'll always know kind of like when my my body will tell me when i'm feeling weak or when i'm feeling a little bit down and when i feel like a little bit demotivated or lower then i'll be like do you know what it's okay just to have something nice because yeah. i think if you macro macro or micro everything yeah then it becomes obsessive and that's all you think about and yeah you, definitely you don't leave space to focus on life on your training yeah. and so now i think that's like that's pretty much a, a key point, really. Because that, like, are there? Have you got foods that you really enjoy eating? Do you have like routine foods that you could eat pretty much every day, or as in like healthy routine foods, or anything really? Like whatever you find that like every day you're like, oh, I love eating that thing. I could eat that pretty much every day, and maybe you do eat it most days. Uh, I I, I enjoy a lot of food. I, there's, yeah, there's, I, I won't be able to pinpoint. Are you quite spontaneous with like yeah. your cooking and I think the only thing that I know I have all the time is coffee. So you're a big coffee fan. Yeah. Okay, what kind of co- like just do you have like, instant or nah? So like with a cafetiere and <sighs> yeah, ground okay. coffee. Yeah, so. Woo! <laughs> I, was, I was hoping you would say that. I mean, yeah. I can't really practice what I preach because like a lot of the time I end up having instant because I'm in a rush. Yeah. But like a cafetiere, proper coffee is so much better. I always find whenever I like uh, consume like regular co- instant coffee. I find that like my mental health, it has like a big effect. Yeah. Um, caffeine for me as well. I think because I'm like quite anyway, yeah. generally speaking, like I have to be really careful with like my caffeine intake. 
So like sometimes I'll just completely cut caffeine, but I love the taste of coffee. Yeah. So it's hard to like escape that, right? Something I, I used to hate coffee when I was younger. Yeah. I remember saying to my parents, oh, don't, know how, you, don't know how you drink that. Yeah, then you grew and up I moved now, to like... Manchester, Yeah. tried all the coffee shops in Manchester. And so it's a new thing, pretty much. Or... In the last year or two, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Because like most people, once they get to a certain age, like they either like coffee or not. Because like yeah. in the office with us, We've got like three or four of us that almost like in sync will go make a coffee at a certain time. Or when one, one goes to make it, you're like, coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got like the other three or four who've never touched kind of like a hot, they, they just don't drink hot drinks at all. Yeah. And like, I find for me, that's crazy. Cause like I drink a lot of water, but yeah. beyond that, like I feel like my day would be boring. I feel like the cool thing with coffee is that it passes time like it keeps it's you like warm. an activity making it yeah you make it and then not only that but then you have it on your desk and like when you're a little bit bored you yeah. just procrastinate and just have like a sip of your coffee yeah. or whatever so big coffee fan as well then like yeah how many a day uh normally it's normally always in the morning so yeah, i would so drink just, it late through the day i might yeah. have two a push three yeah i'm the same but i used to drink big a tea lot drinker more. at night yeah oh yeah so i drink a lot of tea green teas or just regular t- like with milk uh I'll drink green tea if I feel bloated after a massive meal. Yeah. But, yeah, normally it's just... It's, it's pretty classic, much... The classic Tetley or the PG tips. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I'm the same. Like, sometimes, like, if I'm in the mood, I'll kind of make, like, a like a lemon tea or yeah, just... Yeah, fruit teas aren't bad, actually. Yeah, once in a while, fruit teas are good. But, like, I couldn't drink it consistently. Like, yeah. I, I just like having milk. Like, it just makes things a lot nicer, yeah. I feel. I think that's a British thing though, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I lived in Asia for a while and when I was in when I was in China, um, like all they drink is green tea. Yeah. And it's like breakfast, you have green tea with it. No, Lunch, and I was like, where's the milk? <laughs> I was like, I need some sort of like sustenance in this drink. But yeah, I, I agree with you on the coffee. Can we get this on Phil? So to the future generations of sports people. Sit with your feet up. Sit with your feet up after you've trained. Gaming. Are you allowed to be normal as an athlete? Yeah, yeah. So, like, a lot of the athletes I speak to are pretty normal. You ha- you wouldn't believe it, right? But yeah. everyone assume you're these superhumans that only train all day, which you do train a lot of your day. Yeah. But you go home and, like, we play the same type of games and stuff. Yeah. So it's attainable. So what you're doing right now is something that future generations could do. Yeah. How would you, like, encourage them to kind of... What would be, like, a message to, like, children or people who have who you know you've been in that position in the past and you would like to inspire them to do something similar. What, like, get into sport? Yeah, it doesn't have to be like exactly your specific sport. It doesn't have to be competitive. How would you like encourage them just to just to get into sport and do things that they would feel a bit proud of, you know? Well, through, I mean, my experience of sport's been it's pretty mega, really. I've been to so many different countries. Yeah. Aside, I think what you have to take away from... Obviously, there is stress with competing, but enjoy it. Yeah. Because not many people get to go to all these different countries. And when you finish the race and you sight, you can sightsee. So you, you get a lot of experience, try different foods, different cultures, uh, just through it. So although it you are in sort of a more of a high stress sort of environment and sort of workplace, it's, it is a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, it's not... You get to let your hair down. It's yeah, not yeah. just... 
I think a lot of people envision like being a pro athlete, especially somebody doing something like sprinting like you're doing. Yeah. And they, they probably picture that and they think, oh my God, if I mess up, that's my career over and it's yeah. ruined. But as long as you bounce back and as long as you show that resilience and you have fun with what you're doing, yeah, like yeah. You'll, you'll get so many memories and experiences. And at the end of the day, like, yes, you want to win. Yes, you want to achieve things. But you'll also remember a lot of the hardships and a lot of the yeah. things, just the traveling and stuff that you've done, right? Yeah. It's still a memory, good or bad. And like, I think a lot of people don't try things. And a lot of people are so afraid of failure that they never start something in the yeah. first place. Whereas you firsthand, you know, you've gone for it from the moment you were young, you joined that program that not a lot of people would do. And then you've had been able to like experience all these crazy cultures and stuff, which is eye-opening i'm sure going to different countries has given you a much better perspective on life in general yeah yeah. where's like the best place you've been have you got like a favorite Uh, my favorite place was uh a part of switzerland called eagle right and we were there for switzerland we were there for three weeks and the hotel was literally just in the middle of the mountains looking out onto more mountains oh my god and like the alps are in switzerland yeah yeah. isn't it yeah did you is that where you roughly roundabout But you like so look crazy. out and there's you can see all these different chalets and the clouds are like low level, so you can see above and below that it's it was pretty cool. Alright, that's a lie. No having fun, kids. Like literally, look me in the eyes, start working hard, otherwise you're not going to the Alps. Just, just saying, yeah. <laughs> no, that's a lie. No, that's that would be pretty incredible. Yeah. Like so you were just there with your coffee, sipping. <laughs> yeah, on the balcony yeah. before race doing stuff. Yeah. Just looking out. What, you were racing on the mountains or? No, no, I was just down the mountain. Down the mountain, Jesus. Um, so next thing I've got, obviously you've got your Team GB kit on with you. Yeah. Um, obviously you've got your racing kit as well. Uh, uh, am I, am I okay this to... podium jersey. Yeah, can I show that? Yeah, yeah. You don't mind me picking it up? No, yeah. So I'll pick up the medal first and foremost. So this is your UEC. This is the track teams for men's under 23. And that was this year as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's very, very recent. I love like, with like the stars and everything. What's it got written on the back? What language is that? I should know that. I feel like I recognise it. You're like, I have no idea. Oh, wait, it's, it's different languages. Ah, I see, because it says European champions there. That's sweet. So there we go. I don't know. Probably get a zoom in on that. I'll take pictures of it and everything as well. Yeah, nice one. Oh, it's got the actual cyclist. Well, it's obviously not your face. but <laughs> I'd be impressed if it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. They just like superimposed <laughs> yeah. your face onto the front of it. That would be quite a creepy medal if they just put oh, random absolutely. people's faces yeah. on. Imagine just like a blown up, like <laughs> stuck out or whatever. Put that down carefully so I don't break anything. Funny story about that. I took oh, it out God. of the bag on before the podium and the bottom of the medal dropped off. What, as in like a piece of... Oh, that whole bit? Yeah. The... Oh, God. Did so you I... chip it? No, no. So they actually gave me like... A replacement one. Or... It was, well, for the podium, I had to go up in like the the women's scratch race medal yeah just because it was a gold medal that's the only spare one they had at the time oh my god so yeah and, they, and then they got me a replacement that's cool that they did get you a replacement do you get to keep the original or no nah, that would have been a funny like yeah. you could pre- imagine taking that round with you yeah just, the, story's, just the end of it just the like bottom bit of it however well so i'll try not to like replicate that and do the same uh, and then obviously you've got is this what you wore? To uh, no, that's what we uh, training. That's or? what we get. We got given on the podium. That's the European Championship oh, that's jersey. Super cool. Awesome. It's very like lightweight, isn't it? Yeah. Very thin material. Is that polyester? No, that something like that. Yeah, I'm terrible. There's a mix of all sorts. Made in Italy as well. Italy very big for cycling, isn't it? Yeah. Very. 
I see like mo- a lot of like the top tier bikes that I see are Italian like designs or whatever. So yeah, that's um, what that jersey you win. Cool, isn't it? It's when you win the Europeans. Do you carry around like a lot of gels and stuff with you, or I don't. I don't wear that. You don't ever. You you've never worn actually worn it to compare yeah. until when I got off the podium. I think I wore it back to the hotel in the bus. Yeah. Will you frame it at some point? Do you reckon? Probably. Then, yeah. Let me fold that. Um, but yeah, great. don't don't it's wear nice, that. Nice, isn't it? It's awesome. That's it's always. I like getting free things. Like, I love yeah, it when... free cycling kit. Well, it's not... It. Technically, it's not free. You actually earned it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you actually had to work hard to earn those things. But it's always nice when you go to, like, events and stuff and they give you something. You're like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I, I look, clothing especially is just, like... Or shoes. Two things that are just, yeah, pretty amazing. Um, so, yeah. Uh, did I even ask you the question? I don't think I did. I think I got carried away by your medal. Uh, so, I was going to say, how does it feel to get, like chosen and to represent great britain in the first place what's the feeling of like even the feeling has not changed since the first time i did it to now it's still it's just like a privilege yeah is it quite like humbling to be in a position where you're actually representing your country in something kind of yeah it doesn't it doesn't always seem real at the time yeah it just seems sort of like oh, why me, sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, you just, you feel like, oh, I'm just this average, not average person, but I'm just any other person, so why am I in this, like, privileged position? Yeah. Deserve, though, like, it, it, I'd, like, probably feel, like, if I had, like, the Wales flight, or the, you know, GB in general, I think that would be quite a mind-blowing moment, like, yeah. the first time you put that kind of gear on. I think even more so with, like, clothes or something. When you put, like, that top on, it's got, like, Great Britain. Yeah. You see that and you're like, wow it's hitting home now this is actually real right but yeah i yeah i probably won't ever get that chance but i mean i get a vicariously live that through your thing so don't worry i'm not gonna steal your jumper <laughs> you'll be like what <laughs> magician um so yeah obviously you've talked about this a bit so when you're not cycling what other forms of exercise help you stay in shape so obviously going to the gym yeah, it's mainly gym and bike stuff. If do you do any ice hockey at all anymore? Or no, I haven't. I went. I went with my girlfriend to an ice rink yeah. just before lockdown, and I'm not as good as I remember I was being. No. I, I was a little rusty. I, I I'd imagine you're still probably better than most of the people that go oh, there. I can, I can get round. Yeah. I can get round all right. I'm the guy that's either holding on to the side for the whole time, or I'm just like the moment I get off, I'm like, and then I just collapse and yeah. I'd break the like ice Bam, and fall Like through. Bambi on ice. Probably worse, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, at least Bambi kind of made it look cool when, like, yeah. legs were moving or whatever. But, yeah, I think... So, like, so it's very kind of... The sports that you you inhabit, the ones that you use... Not use. The ones that you participate in are generally the ones you stick to. You don't really kind of deviate too much. I suppose no. it would cause, like, a lot of, like... Um, what's the word for it? dissociation like if you were kind of doing one sport then suddenly you started playing football or something like you're putting yourself at more risk for injury you're also putting yourself in an environment where you're working like different muscle groups and things which wouldn't be beneficial the time as well is the only time I do anything different is when I've got a bit of time off like sort of off season and I'll spend most of my time walking my dog do you, yeah? Back at my mum and dad's, yeah. Yeah, how often do you not get to see your family very often anymore? Then? No, no, I do. I'll I'll go home probably three weekends out of the month. Oh, so okay. Can, so you do Sheffield's see them. only from my house. It's only an hour. Yeah. So it's that's not. So bad. it's not, it's bad, not, at not all. bad at all. Yeah. Uh, like, 
of interest do like any of your family do you have like brothers sisters yeah brother and sister do, like any of them are they keen like sports people or like uh, your dad my, or my um, sister's uh, run a couple of marathons right that's, um, that's only recently though yeah she sort of did a hell of a lot of training through lockdown it's very impressive though because like well she I did think... a solo one through the peaks Oh, cool. um, because she was supposed she, she was doing a marathon and it got cancelled because of COVID. Right. But she just ran it on her own through the peaks. So she didn't even didn't made a route up and just ran it. Now that's even more dedicated because yeah. uh, we had to do a thing for Race Against Hunger here, and it's like a virtual race essentially. So you've got to run. I can't remember what it was. I think it was. I think I did like ten miles. I think it was. But you had to come up with your own route and things. And I found that it was a lot harder because, like, you're having to motivate yourself to do something where there'd normally be thousands of people yeah, doing yeah. This, going through the same torment as you, pretty much. So, like, fair play to do two marathons is pretty pretty impressive. So you come from a r- relatively sporty background, at yeah, least. Yeah, nobody else with cycling. Um... So your, your dad didn't, like, have any involvement, didn't... Well, I mean... Now he does, yeah. But even he then... He was a sort of backbone taking me everywhere and... Making sure I got Chauffeur. to it. <laughs> Sounds like my dad. Taxi taxi driver, essentially. Making sure I got there and had everything right. So Yeah. So he kind of put everything in place for you to yeah. achieve those goals, pretty much. Uh, so I've got a couple of sports psychology, other ones. And then after that, we've already asked about nutrition. Uh, do you have any, like... Oh, we've talked about this. Pre-race habits. You've talked about music. Yeah. Is there anything you do just in the run-up to a race to kind of get ready? Mm, probably have a cold shower. The morning of the race. Do you have... I talk about this a lot. Cold showers? There's uh, something... Just on the race day. Just to oh, sort you of... okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, cold showers are awesome. Oh, you just... <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So the third member, he's off camera. So you... Like, he had to jump in because it's an important thing for him. Cold showers. Big I, deal. I had a shower every morning with a blast of cold water. Do you? Yeah. yeah. Do you ever get in when it is freezing cold, though? That's the only time you've got to. Yeah, just, I have to I, do that. I could not have a hot shower. And, and then, then go cold. You, really? You've got to straight yeah. on the cold and just brace I, it. I think you're very brave to do the other way. Because I, I think I have to just... What I'll do is I'll kind of... Psych yourself up for yeah. it. Yeah. Do you do like... I do like breathing. Yeah. Have you ever watched Wim Hof? Do you know who he is? Yeah, yeah. We did, yeah. It, we did about it in uh, when I did sports yeah. and exercise science. Oh, yeah. So sports psychology and it was the same deal as well. Like... The ice, learn, the ice man the ice man yeah. and like he literally just jumps in kind of like cold exposure tanks yeah. full of ice first thing in the morning you'll run outside I mean I wouldn't go to that degree but I think like you have to just do like some deep breathing and then you psych yourself up and you step in and then after like 30 seconds you feel great Yeah. and then what I'll do is I'll kind of like push the shower head away from me a bit so <laughs> not so cold yeah. but I think like Anthony Joshua talks about it a lot and he says obviously for him like obviously yes was not helping him at the moment but big Tyson Fury fan uh, but obviously having cold showers is something that's like helped him kind of yeah. set himself up for the day Just it just wakes you up it's like do you ever make your own bed that's the thing I mean I don't really but it's one of those things people tell you to do to kind right. of get into a routine because if you make your bed it's like you've accomplished the first goal of the day yeah race day I just I yeah, yeah. The yeah. maids, isn't it? The was, maids sort it when they come and do room I was going to say, on race day, you're probably not like, oh, sorry, guys, I can't do my race 20 minutes. I've got to make my bed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go back to the hotel. <laughs> so, yeah, but, yeah, I mean, cold showers, that's 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 a good staple to have. I think that probably helped you get your gold as well. Yeah. Cold showers, 
no, I can't say gold chat. That's it completely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not going down that route. Um, how do you combat the fear of letting your teammates down? Do you ever feel like, oh God, what if... Oh, all the time. Do you? All the time. Do those things run through your mind? Do they run through your teammates' mind as well? Most likely, yeah. Yeah. Not that they show it and I don't normally show it. I suppose if, if it's something you ever talked about, maybe that would put Talk them about up. with the coaches. Yeah. Do you have, like, specific sports psychology coach? Because obviously that, that's a really good point. Because obviously with this being about sports psychology, like, a lot of people don't have that support network or anyone they can go to to actually talk about. Not only just their own mental health, but maybe kind of the pressures of their sport, the performance anxiety, the effects of teammates and, like, cohesion and all having different personalities. Yeah. So... Have you got somebody in place, like a coach, like that you're able to open up to? Yeah, yeah. So, so for our on our team, we've our, we've got two coaches for our squad. Yeah. Sort of, they taste, sort of share the workload. We've got the gym coach, and then we've got all like the support staff of like, if we needed to speak to like physios or like psychologists, they all work together. Do you feel like close enough to most of those people that you can go and just chat about? Not yeah, anything, yeah. but. Kind the of, door's always open if you like, yeah, need it. Yeah, that's a really good system to have because a lot of places, and I'd imagine a lot of like sports, coaches are probably set in their ways and might not have those characteristics. So yeah. having somebody just to relate to and be able to just not vent to, but at least share your problems yeah. is a nice like avenue that you can just like unload that pressure a little bit more. Yeah, so. definitely. Like obviously, you know, that's why when somebody has their mental health issues in general most people don't have like family they can talk to which is why they're encouraged to go and see like a health practitioner but but a lot of people don't do that do they so it's nice that you've got those those people in place pretty yeah. much let's talk on okay let's go from talking about mental health <laughs> let's talk about fun random so i've got some random questions here a couple of them i'll be honest i found it on like websites that were like things not to ask cyclists cool um but, but I think some of these are cool. So, like, how many cycling gadgets do you own? Because, like, as a cyclist, like, my dad just doesn't stop buying things. He's got head torches, he's got lights, he's got yeah. everything you could think of for for cycling, pretty much. Uh, I don't actually know. Well, I've, I've got a lot of... Not specific, yeah. I've like, got a lot do of you different have a lot? stuff. Um, how many I, of them do you use? <laughs> uh, it varies depending yeah. on... If I'm riding out on the road, if I'm... Are you an impulsive buyer? Do you ever just think, oh, I'd love that for, like, my cycling? And then you get it, and then you use it a couple of times, and you're like... Mm. <laughs> uh, not too much with cycling, because we do get a lot of stuff provided yeah. from British Cycling. But I am an impulsive buyer for different stuff. Like, gaming-related stuff, uh, gaming technology... Or fashion stuff. Fashion, okay. Yeah. Like, what kind of... Will you buy from, like... I, I, see, I don't even really know the big companies, but... Gucci... Uh, yeah. So you'll, like, you'll literally yeah. go out and buy... So, from Selfridges and... See, I need a new career. <laughs> I need to work on this. See, I'm there going to JD Sport. Like, oh, JD's, I, go, I go there JD's as well. JD's quite expensive. Not expensive, but... It's gone up in the... JD is much more kind of... It's not up high market. street prices, is it, anymore? Sort market's what it used to be. Yeah, because I've always thought it was the same as Sports Direct. And I went in there one day and then I realised that... I was completely like, out of my it's depth. Like hundred quid for a tracksuit. Yeah, it's like yeah, you literally want they're cool tracksuits, but I mean it's a hundred quid for a yeah, tracksuit. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Might as well just go to Gucci, get your tracksuits from Gucci yeah. instead. Um, next one I've got is: Do you ever take your own bicycle to competitions, or are they pre-prepared, custom-made for use? So they're not they're not custom for 
us specifically, but the fitted for us. Yeah. So the uh, they're a generic bike. I don't use my own. I use the program's bikes. Right. It is my bike, but it's owned, but by, it's, the, it's it's owned not, by the program. Yeah, gotcha. Um, but yeah, they're all they're all like bike fitted to us, and so they're, they're with like the geometry and everything for saddle height, bar length. So they'll analyse all those things. You've yeah, got like yeah. a specialist that will just go, like one of your coaches or is this like an actual uh, specialist will come in to... We do have a, there are, there are people who specialise in that that work for us, but most of it's done by mechanics and coaches. That's pretty neat. So, so you don't have to worry about kind of like tailoring it yourself. No, no. Because like the thing you find with, you know, I'll relate to like gaming terms mouse sensitivity or controller sensitivity yeah. one game you might be on like five sensitivity and it's like quite slow then you move over to the next game and it's the same sensitivity but the game in game sensitivity is much quicker so you're like Phew. so yeah. like with a bike if you're having to do that yourself then you're going to get something a little bit wrong whereas if yeah. you've got someone that knows precisely your kind of your stats per yeah. se then yeah you never have to worry about that again so last couple of questions I've got for you. Uh, first one being is, what's your biggest pet peeve about track cycling? If there's one thing that you just like, I don't know, it's always irked you a little bit. Uh, oh, that's a, that's a tough one. It's tough on the spot, in fairness. Uh, pet peeve. Is there something like before you train or during training that every now and then, maybe with the bike having to like, or having to wear certain clothing or something? I mean, it's it's not too much of a pee, but it's something that winds me up. The expectation that everyone just thinks you always shave your legs. Is that, a th yeah. We go, well, we shave our legs for racing. Why would that be a bad thing? Like, I mean, because people, Harry gets a similar judgment in the office because he, he's got, he paints his nails. So if you look like you always get people that will like judge something like that. I think it's cool though. Like at the end of the day, like it doesn't, it's not, was it emasculating to do something well, that is... You, if you don't have your legs shaved, someone might go, oh, why, have you not, why are your legs so hairy? Yeah. So oh, so it's the opposite. Yeah, so yeah. It's like the reverse. So yeah. if you don't have your legs shaved, they're like, oh, why have you not... Yeah, well, why have you not shaved your legs? Like, How much of a difference does it legitimately in, make? In training, I don't, I don't I don't, worry about it. Like, I won't, I won't turn up to a race day with... Yeah. Big hairy legs. Oh, I just... Do you, do you think it helps with being like more aerodynamic or? It, it, will, it will to an extent. It will to an extent. So, you, so like there's even a small performance enhancement in just shaving your legs or something yeah. like that. So that's kind of like being able to like take a step up on the next person. So, so that person that maybe doesn't shave their legs yeah. might be at a slight disadvantage. But realistically, it's probably only going to be very minor, I'd imagine. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't, see, I normally only... I don't normally only shave my legs during a race. Do you, do you ever just like, when the person's like next to you or the other team, you see them like here and you're like, <laughs> like, and then all of a sudden, like the whole demeanor just diminishes yeah, and they just yeah. become like the shell of a human being. They're like, I haven't shaved my legs. And then they just break down and lose. No? That's not happening. <laughs> not yet. But could happen. Could There's happen. still time. Um, so this is also kind of ties in with that. What garment of clothing would you enforce everyone to wear at all times if you had the jurisdiction? Doesn't have to be cycling related. If like, if you say you obviously like, like fashion. So if there was one thing you'd, if you could get everyone to wear and you'd be like, that's a cooler society. What, what would you say? Uh, nice designer t-shirt or something. Like a t-shirt with like a logo on yeah. it, like a polo. This is brand advertisement, isn't it? I've yeah, got a sponsor. You're like, oh, my sponsors. 
Yeah. <laughs> you should see this is where you come in and say Team GB. Yeah, yeah, Team the Team GB kit. That's the one. That's the one. Uh, and last but not least for the questions, are you a stat hunter? So do you use Strava? I think I saw that you had a Strava page. I do have a Strava page. I haven't used it in a good few years. Did you ever like use it actively? Because I know oh, a lot. Like my dad is obsessively on it. Comes back from his cycle and he's like analyzing cadence, everything. Like yeah, when I was younger, I used to chase a lot of comms. Yeah. And I'd sort of. What does chasing comms mean? Like just go around looking for him and. Wait, what's a Com, King of the Mountain. It's like a, mountain. so it's like a, you'd have a segment and it'll be for however long it takes from to get from A to B. Oh, and that's classed as like the King of the Mountain. It's not necessarily right. not necessarily always on a hill, but yeah. it's just a section of road that's. So to see of, who could. So would you who, like compete with people to do that? Yeah, or? on Strava. So one week. I've never used Strava. You see, is that something that's quite a common thing on Strava? I think, I think so. Right. Okay. Like one week, sense. I might have gone. I might have got the King of the Mountain on it, yeah. and then somebody I used to race with would go on the same bit of road to try and beat it. It makes so it'd be me... like a bit of a yeah, like a little thing to like petty, push but, yourself. Yeah. Maybe it helped though. You don't yeah, know how yeah. much that helped with like your development. Yeah. Makes me think of like, do you know when Pokemon Go just first came yeah, out, yeah. and everyone were going out at, like midnight to like the outside of these churches to see who could catch like the best Pokemon yeah. at like one a.m. and you've got like people out the windows like shut up, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to sleep. Yeah, that was basically me and my friends, complete nerds. Um, yeah, so that's all of the questions I've got for you. Uh, so once again, I've been here. I've been here. I've been speaking with James Bunting. Uh, so under 23, European champion, track cyclist. Uh, and, oh, Harry's pointing at me to point this camera because this is our new camera to end it out. So I don't know, if, I guess we both look at this. You've put us on the spot now. We feel like... Like, <laughs> we both just like, <laughs> See, there we go. Maybe I'd be a good, like, you know, solution for your team. So if ever you need somebody to, like, in, we'll do it in time, okay? So three, two, one. So I, Jordan, have been joined by James Bunting today for the Sports for Champions podcast. And let me just say, it's been really, really good. And he's probably never going to speak to me ever again after I've just made that terrible pun. So we're going to end on that. Have you got any last words? No, it's been a pleasure to be here. Peace. Thank you. Bye-bye. Sweet. <laughs> Thank you so much, dude.